I know that we come to church to hear good news, but can we ignore the bad news that's out there? And it just seems like as we have been reading the papers, hearing the news, going on the internet, boy, there's a lot of bad news out there. Joan retired um, last December 31st. She had saved, her 401k was large enough, her investments were sound, and everything was good. She didn't pay much attention to them until the past few months. And then in these past few months, she began to look at her portfolio every week. And pretty soon, she was calling her stockbroker, and he was giving her assurance everything's going to be fine. Pretty soon, she was looking every day at what the Dow was doing and what her portfolio was doing. And finally, in frustration, she calls him and says, I've had it, just sell Get me out of the market. I can't stand it anymore. And for the first time, he didn't say, Oh, they're there. It's going to be okay. They had a lengthy conversation about what was going on and what would be best for her. We can't ignore the fact that for some people, their retirement accounts are at 50% as to what they were maybe a year ago or so. And this is a time of stress. Uh, the Congo is in turmoil, Afghanistan and Iraq, and it goes on and on. Things seem to be in dire straits. Everything seems to be going downhill. In the comics, the character Kathy was lamenting that everything was down in her world. The Dow Jones was down. Employment was down. Everything in her life was down except one thing, and that was the scales. <laughs> her weight was up. <laughs> because that's often what we do when we begin to be in times of stress and difficulty. I sometimes think that in looking at the, uh, the equities market, that instead of having an economist to explain what's going on, we ought to have a psychologist tell us what's going on because it has to do with confidence or lack of confidence. Woe are you, Republicans and Democrats, you hypocrites. You who are playing political games and electioneering campaigning in a time when we need leadership. Woe to you for the lack of leadership in our world. There are those that are predicting that a catastrophe is going to happen, that the end of the world is coming. And where is the hope in all of this? My daughter-in-law, Sally, on the tagline, on her signature, on every one of her emails, says, do not fear that the world will end today, because it's already tomorrow in Australia. Where is the hope? Pray with me, please. Lord God, open our lives. Open us to your powerful hand that you are present in our fear of the present times. And even though they are difficult, show us the way. 
Show us the way to be faithful people of yours through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And so I do think that there's good news if we think about it. And I entitled this sermon, Refiner's Fire, which is a biblical image, it's a metallurgical image, but I think it's also a, a theological, psychological image. That when we are at the most difficult times in our lives, that we can use that time to purify, to sort of crystallize our understanding of what's most important, and then to begin to act on that. The refiner's fire. I had a great-grandfather, and I'll tell you this story someday. It's really a stewardship story. But he went to the Klondike, and in the Klondike with the gold rush there to determine if how pure your gold was, they would put it under a refiner's fire and it would be melted and it would be purified and clarified and crystallized. And that's how you knew how rich you were. Now that's not so different from our lives. When we're in the midst of trouble and turmoil and difficult times when it seems like the entire world is falling apart around us, when we look, we can discover how rich we are with God's love. If there was a fire in your house and it was burning down, what would you grab first as you ran out? Hmm. For me, I'd grab the photo albums because they're irreplaceable. You know, all of the paper, all the furniture, everything else can be replaced. And for the modern technology, we may want to grab, uh, you know, our laptop computer or the CD that contains all those photos. Because what is important in life are those memories of our lives, those relationships that we have forged in the faith that God gives us and that sustains us. And so as we run out of the house, we need to be giving thanks to God for that in our lives which is most important. The refiner's fire forces us sometimes to take our limited resources and to make decisions how we're going to use those resources because of our loss. Whether it be a loss of energy, whether it be a loss of our financial status, when we know what's most important, then we can put our limited resources to that end. Matthew 23 is a section where Jesus is teaching. He's telling his disciples and all of the followers who have gathered how to live and how to live in the face of difficult times and ineffective leadership. Especially in 23, he is talking about the hypocrites, the leaders who tell you what to do but don't do it themselves. To talk about authentic living. How do you live in the midst of difficult times and ineffective leadership? 
and be an authentic person before God. That's really what he's getting at. And then he goes into the seven woes or warnings. Be weary of. Let me share just one of those. It's uh, in verse 23, not read today. By the way, this is the small print version of the Bible, so excuse me while I read it. (laughs) Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. And so what's he talking about? He's talking about hypocrisy. And what do we do with that which is most important in our lives? In difficult times, helps us to clarify and to crystallize exactly those things. But instead of giving you seven woes today, being the optimist that I am, I want to give you seven opportunities or seven positive approaches to living life so that you're authentic people before God. Four affirmations of what's important in life. And first, of course, is the memories and the relationships and especially your relationship with God. Whoa, can you imagine living through these times without a sense of God's power and presence calming us in the face of difficult times and to show us where there are positive things that are happening so that we can join God in doing those things and being in those places. So we need to make sure that we have good, strong relationships with people and our faithfulness with God and not to give up on our faith. The second point is to live authentically and not be hypocritical. You know, when the house burns, when you go to buy another car, it may just be time to sort of downsize, to get rid of the Jaguar and to uh, go, go for the Cor, um, Corvair, not the Corvette. And instead of 4,800 square feet, you may want to downsize to 2,000 square feet to live authentically to what you preach and what you say to be lived out then in living your life before God. And the third one is that you really must use your resources wisely. And the reason I put that in is both practical and theological. The practical is that you know that it's true. That this is a time to be a little bit conservative, to be a little bit careful. But on the other side, now is not the time to cut your giving to charitable organizations and especially to the church. 
this is stewardship season. Dennis told me I had to say that. <laughs> or it was Ken, one or the other, I don't know. But, but now is the time to give to those things in your life that are important. Getting a letter from the church about our stewardship season and the hope that we have for this congregation as it comes into a new season of being is not like getting a letter from the college you graduated from asking for $100 to the Alumni Association. I mean, that's a good thing to give to your former college where you were educated or to give to uh, some other charity that has touched your lives. But when you look at that which is most important in difficult times, it is your faith with God and we want to be a beacon on the hill that shines optimism and opportunity for people to give hope to this valley of the Salt Lake so that people will know that the Dow Jones dropping isn't the end of the world. And to know that the lowering of the employment rate isn't the end, that times and seasons will come and go, but it is indeed God's grace, goodness, and presence that empowers us to be real people in this time. Do you know that in times when uh, industry, the service industry, the construction industry, the manufacturing industries, as those are all going down in their value and their stocks, that the so-called sin industries go up. Invest in Las Vegas or in dark alcohol or because in bad times those go up because people have lost hope. And they turn to something to comfort themselves and not to God. And the Word of God needs to be proclaimed in this day and in every day. And I don't know any better place for us to practice and to proclaim the Word of God than when we gather around the table as God's family and to celebrate that great gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. And that our hope comes because the breath of the Spirit continues to give us life day in and day out. And we don't have to say, woe to you Republicans and Democrats and Constitutional Party people and Libertarians, you hypocrites. But we can affirm four things that lead us into living authentic lives in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.